1: What is going on, Sooner Football fans? Thank you all for tuning into the first episode of the Sooners 360 Recruiting Podcast. Today, it's myself, Barry, personal trainer, sports performance coach out of Tulsa, and alongside me, the lead recruiting analyst, the superstar of the show, Mr. Chris Mason of Sooners360.com. Chris, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing
2: very good. It's uh it's, it's an exciting weekend coming up for Sooner recruiting. I know it's been some we've had some travails on the season, a couple of losses, but it's a it's a huge recruiting weekend coming up for OU. So um, let's let's get right to it. I love it. Uh, big visit weekend. There, there's a lot of rumors out
1: there, Chris. There, there's a lot of talk about who might be showing up who's maybe on the fringe or on the cusp, and who are some guys we can absolutely expect to be in Norman for Bedlam. Let's jump
2: right into it, man. What is the visit list looking like for the Sooners? Well, it's really it's pretty impressive for 2023. and We're going we're to focus right there for now. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about 2024. Uh, but let's just focus on 23 because that's what we're really driving towards with the signing day coming up on December 21st. And OU's got four huge official visitors coming in this weekend. Uh, the biggest name is obviously DJ Hicks, David Hicks, the five-star, all everything defensive tackle from Katie Poto um, We'll go into more in-depth on what's going on with him in our third segment, our final segment, because uh, there's a lot, because a lot going on with him. But his teammate, Damien Stanford, is also coming in on an official visit. He's a linebacker, 6'2, 210. Um, he's a low four star on uh, a 247 composite, which we'll generally use to talk about ranking of players because it, 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 takes the, it kind of takes all the ranking bias out of it by combining it all and, and evening it out. And Sanford on film is a serious hitter. He plays a lot of edge outside linebacker. Uh, for Katie, blitzing off the edge is a, a highlight in his huddle. Video where he basically, I, I worried about the quarterback after he hit him. I, I really thought he kind of <laughs> took him out of the game. So he's very physical, fits the mold of the linebacker offers that Brent's been putting out with uh, the verbals from Lewis Carter, uh, Samuel Omosigo, and, uh, and Picciotti, uh, who's, who's at IMG. All physical hitting guys. Uh, under no circumstance could you look at any of their video. Uh, their high school videos and think that they are they're they're soft defensive players, just a really big hitter, just like Hicks. Uh, Sanford right now is verbal to Texas A and M. That didn't stop Sanford or Hicks from visiting Oregon last weekend and officially visiting OU this weekend. So I think it's fairly clear that they are in, they are in play. That 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 commitment to A and M is probably you know soft or very soft if you wanted to give it a description. The final two official visitors are Ashton Sanders, who's a defensive lineman from the Los Angeles area. Uh, He was one of the first uh, D-line offers that Bates made after Caden McDonald uh, chose uh, Ohio State. He's 6'2", 295. Um, His huddle video is really good. He's playing interior nose guard. They also have him playing sort of a defensive end in a three-man look. Uh, He's very strong at the point of attack, has good burst. looks to me to be more of a high three-star, low four-star kind of film. That's what his film looks like. Mm -hmm. He was previously verbal to Wisconsin, and uh, I think we all know that uh, while Wisconsin struggled this year, um, Wisconsin's D.C., Jim Leonard, is a really good judge of talent, and Wisconsin does a good job with their defensive line recruiting. So he, he committed from Wisconsin, and it looks like OU is probably fighting Wisconsin uh, for his uh, for his uh, for his uh, his signature, and it's going to be his first time in OU, first time at OU, first time in Norman. So it'll be interesting to see where that all shakes out. And then the last guy is Kendall Dolby. He's a cornerback safety from Juco, uh in Miami, Oklahoma. Um, he's six foot one nine, one eighty, 180, one eighty five. He Very, very physical again. Again, to keep using that term we described, guys, just very physical at the position, willing to mix it up and run support, very athletic. Uh, And I have an NEO source that tells me that Colby's probably one of the, sorry, Kendall Adolby is probably one of the best NEO JUCO prospects in like the last 10 years. Wow. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. And that source has been tracking NEO football for me for about, the last 20, 20 to 25 years, so good. Um, so he's, he's really impressive, uh, great team guy, team leader. Uh, so he's – and his offer lists have blown up. He just got an offer from Mississippi State uh, recently. and uh, we obviously and Mississippi State, you know, for those that don't know, is a program that really relies heavily on JuCO talent for their defense. So for him to get it for Mississippi to go outside of their JuCO system an offer, a kid from NEO says, says a lot. It does. That says, that says a ton. You
1: know, it's, it's been interesting seeing the, uh, the transition in and, and types of athlete that are, that are being uh, recruited to Oklahoma. Now that there is a, when you go back and just watch the high school film, there is a stark contrast in physicality from previous evaluations, the previous three to four years to now. A lot of these guys, uh, the physicality is is a priority. It's not just a plus. You you have to have physical hands. You have to be physical at the point of attack. Not be afraid uh, t- to get your nose in there if you want to be recruited by this staff.
2: Yeah, I mean it's just it's just clear. I mean when you started looking and when I started watching the some of the offers when it with the program with the program transition. I mean, even the, you know, I, he's not a, he's not a sooner any longer, but I just remember looking at Caleb Spence, who was an offer in January. And I just remember looking at his film. It's just like, the kid's just so physical. He's just smacking everyone around. And that just extended, you know, from just all the offers that they were making, um, you know, on down the line. Well, and it's also kind of a breath of fresh air
1: to, to see some of these kind of lower three-star guys, you know, get, get, get um get offers from Oklahoma and, and then subsequently you you see the offers start rolling in where I could probably say at least a half decade it's felt like that has been a, a lot of times in reverse uh for for the Sooners where where they'd you know c- catch on to a guy a little bit late and even though they had a chance that they were just so late in the game on on some of these talented players that they couldn't make up ground it, it seems like there's a, a little bit deeper uh, research understanding of the evaluation process, particularly with the defensive players, uh, which is, you know, as we know, as Sooner fans, people who watch the team, that is a major area of concern where they have to, they got to improve. So so seeing those earlier um, offers to
2: some of these guys, uh, a little bit different. Yeah, it's nice. It's it's nice to see. And, um, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, another, you know, another, in the next wave of visitors, we have unofficials coming, guys coming in unofficially. And in our next segment, we're going to talk a lot about Taylor Wine, who's the edge rusher from Tennessee that OU just offered, um, who fits definitely fits into that example uh, in terms of what you're talking about. And in, in, in terms of, oh, you offered and now all of a sudden he's got a half dozen other offers. So the, the
1: 2023 list, uh, seems to be, you know, pretty loaded. Um, are there any, is there any surprises that, that sooner fans could expect? You don't have to drop names if you don't want to, but, but are there, are there some chances of some, uh, some surprises this weekend?
2: Well, I think the, I think one possible surprise is Peyton Bowen is coming back in for maybe his 10th visit to OU. He's coming in with his brother. I think the verbal to Notre Dame is, baby, is, is, not as, is maybe stronger than Hicks' is verbal to A&M, but we're, we're getting down to it that he's been to OU so often, and he just got back from Oregon. He was at the Notre Dame-Clemson game. Didn't come out of that game saying, I'm shutting down recruiting completely. So I, I, think, there's a, I think there's a chance we may see some movement on Peyton Bowen. We're sitting on a name for, that would be a huge addition. Uh, we can't give the name out on this podcast yet. That could really change up. It could change the ranking of where this class ends up. If OU was able to, to get that guy. Um, wow. Um, of, and the other nice thing is OU is getting a lot of commits so coming back to visit, uh, PJ out of ORE, uh, Heath Ozada, Caleb Hicks. I just saw on Twitter that Dalen Smothers is coming back to visit. Uh, Logan Howland is coming back as well, and Logan uh, to talk a little bit about some 24 kids. Logan's bringing two of his teammates from uh, Hunt School in Princeton, New Jersey, and the Hunt School is a is a big time program. They they always have a half dozen Division One uh, prospects on that on that team and. He's bringing in a defensive lineman called uh, Owen, I believe it's Waffle. He's uh, probably a defensive tackle in the OU system. He's 6'3", 270. And the other guy coming in is Kamar Archie, who is uh, a linebacker athlete type. He's 6'1", 215, and these are both 24 kids. And Archie just recently uh, got an offer from DeMarco Murray at running back, uh, and he's a big running back, and he would be a big, powerful guy in this system, but he's got serious home run speed too. Uh, so, so we've got guys coming from all over the country in um, uh, continuing on 24. The big name is David Stone is back on campus. There we go. He's had, he's had a fantastic year at IMG. Uh, 247 just redid their own rankings for 24. And David Stone is now the, I believe he's the number five player in the country. I saw that. I saw that. He he's incredibly
1: exciting. When you're talking about building, building depth, you know, in, in that front seven for, for OU. It's not just about having a good class this year, but it's about especially moving to the SEC. You probably got maybe two more years to to really fill the cupboard, you know, before the the challengers are gonna be there. It's nice seeing OU in so early and and really having some, some serious chance, some opportunity with a guy like David.
2: Yeah, David, is, you know, he's as close to a Gerald McCoy clone as, as you could probably create, even down in the fact that he's from the Oklahoma City area. Uh, his year at IMG has been great for him. He's had fantastic film there. Uh, as witnessed by the fact he was able to move up from the number like thirty-four player in the nation to the number fifth to the number five player in the nation on the on the two four seven rankings. I'm, I imagine rivals and on three are going to move him up as well because I M G plays a national schedule, so there's there's no chance no one has seen him and seen his level of performance. And I M G is just loaded with talent. And there have been games where David Stone has just flashed as the best player on the field when IMG's playing, you know, another nationally ranked team. You know, and speaking of defense, as we can kind of move along here
1: in the show, um, the the outside backer, defensive end, sort of that edge position um, is, a, is a big focus for the Sooners, that they are trying to cement – that that spot on this team. Well, we look around across the country at all of the elite defenses, every single elite program, that they have guys who can move in space on the edge, that they have backers who, who who are fast and physical um in in the middle and and OUs in on a few of them. Uh they got early um on Taylor Wine as we talked about uh seeing more of those offers rolling in, but but go over it it's a little bit of a a three-way battle right here in terms of who's going to be the name that's on the dotted line, you know, come signing day. Um, Talk a
2: little bit about who those names are. Well, obviously OU suffered a, you know, a recruiting blow with the decommitment of Colton Vasek, but the staff seems to have been really prepared for it and was able to put out several different, uh, several new offers right around the time Colton Vasek decommitted. They had been trailing those trailing those kids um, <clears throat> for about three weeks uh, leading up to the decommit. So oh, you kind of knew what the story was there. And the three guys in question are Jordan Allen, he's from uh, Olathe, Kansas; uh, Taylor Taylor Wine, who's from Tennessee, and then David slash DJ Peavy, who again is from uh, is from California. Yeah, just
1: looking at the tape, I mean, I would I would probably say, you know, personal opinion, uh, P V is the most explosive to just, just out of his stance. Um, they all really demonstrate a level of physicality that is is good to see. And and wine, interesting prospect just because of his size. Um, I think he compares maybe the most favorably. Right to to Colton Vasek in terms of just the the sheer measurables that that he brings. Um, Allen a little bit different prospect, but still very very physical and and maybe there is some position flexibility w- w- with him. Um but when you're looking at these guys, if you were going to rank them, you know one two three or maybe who OU would most likely or or, or most like to end up with, Uh, do you, do you have uh, any insight there on who you think would be the preference?
2: Well, I think it's, I think it's really a toss up between, uh, wine and PV and it's perhaps a little bit of a, I think wine is a little more ready to play earlier, but I think PV is the more explosive long-term athlete. And with Jordan Allen, I'm really having a hard time ignoring his tight end footage. It's just excellent. He's just doing a great job at tight end, especially um, down the, especially in that seam route over the linebackers, and then just taking the ball the distance. So I'm having a hard time imagining Joe John Finley is going to let Allen actually play defensive end. Um, and if you get Allen again. Uh, that might allow you to play Cade McIntyre at linebacker, <clears throat> which I'm kind of a fan of right now. You added Cade McIntyre to our linebacker group. That I think that would be a, an interesting addition. So I I, I think it's a toss up between Wine and PV, uh, and I'm, I'm not really sure which way which way you go. I'm, I might go with Wine uh, as perhaps the best complement to uh, Adaware. Uh, so I think I, perhaps wine is perhaps the, the way, where you, where you, where you might want to go. And again, we'll talk about it in the final segment, but Cecilia Celia Kana kind of throws everything a little bit into the mix as well. Yeah. I
1: mean, I think OU is not going to be in a bad situation with either one. I, I think both, you know, have a level of physicality to their game that's needed. You know, that they both demonstrate a level of explosiveness that has just been missing, you know, at that position, you know, especially with the departure of guys like, you know, Isaiah Thomas and Nick Benito and and, and other players who who really were instrumental in, in sealing off the edge for that defense and guys who put pressure on the offense play after play after play. You have to get more of those guys and you have to stack the depth, and it feels like they're doing that. You know, Akana has been a, a a big name for the Sooners for a while. You know, you go to just about every Discord, about every you know third or fourth Twitter post about recruiting. He's a name that you see consistently asked about. Uh, what what is going on with his recruitment?
2: Yeah, really. If if most recruiting are Chat sessions break down to everyone asking questions about Peyton Bowen, DJ Hicks, and Cecilia Akana. at this point. They're sort of the big three everyone's sort of waiting on. And Akana just took a visit to Texas A&M. There's nothing really big coming out about that visit. Um, No one's saying A&M's out. No one's really saying that that A&M is the leader now. So he's down to one last visit. <clears throat> it looks like he's going to decide between either uh, Tennessee, who's kind of come into the come into the picture lately. Obviously, their on the field momentum is strong, and it's it's and it's translating to their recruiting momentum. And and Utah, which would be kind of a home choice, and that's kind of a new that's kind of a new name um, coming up. So it looks like he's going to take that next visit coming up, but I think we're looking at a decision close to National Signing Day. Now, the story had been that prior to his OU visit when he saw the KU game, that OU had sort of a, a short lead, and that he came out of the KU game with OU having being kind of the favorite. Um, LSU and Texas are also floating around, but they seem to be focusing on some other prospects and maybe – are falling off the wayside a little bit, so hmm. I think this is going to this is going to come down to National Signing Day uh, for the Sooners, unfortunately, uh, for the, for our fans. But I, I still think OU's in a really good spot. He's still very interested. Still, you know, he's mentioning OU every time. Uh, so I, I he doesn't give a lot of interviews. So he's not very chatty with the recruiting uh, with the re- with the recruiting world. So I think that's where OU is right now. They're certainly in it, and his recruiting is is winding down. We could see an early, uh, mid-December answer decision from him, or he or he could be one of those players that kind of takes it to signing day. Uh, perhaps on, a, perhaps ESPN uh, is able to convince him to do a signing day announcement, you know, uh, on their signing day show, or or perhaps two four seven CBS uh, gets him to make an announcement on signing day.
1: Yeah, I w- want to ask you uh, just about the A and M situation. You know, because OU is, you know, going to be in battles with them. You know, for for the rest of of this recruiting cycle and probably the next. You know, for as long as that staff can remain down there. D- do you, does it seem that the the record and how things have transpired with that program? Uh, d- does it feel like there has been a bit of a shift in sentiment, you know, from the prospects, you know, in terms of that being still a good landing spot? I mean, everybody knows about the NIL stuff. Everybody knows that that is a major factor. You know, the the if if we're thinking the money doesn't matter, it's not true. The the money is certainly a piece. You know, and and we've seen it play out as such with not just a And M but other programs. But what type of weight would you put on how they have performed down the stretch, and is that going to be in in OU's favor? Do you think uh, come signing day?
2: Well, I think the the most obvious answer to that is they've lost Anthony Hill, the five star all everything linebacker from uh, from Denton Ryan. And it looks like he's probably gonna end up at either Texas or Alabama or perhaps Georgia. So they've lost perhaps you know the, the biggest piece of their recruiting class. If they lose DJ Hicks and if they lose him to OU or Oregon, that's gonna pretty much devastate the, the profile of this recruiting class for Texas AM. So it's the on-the-field stuff is is clearly impacting uh AM. If they rate in three or or 9 and 2 right now um, or even 7 and 4 i i think this i think Anthony Hills probably staying with them and i think DJ Hicks is is not making an official visit to Norman this weekend same thing for uh, Damian Sanford so i think mm-hmm. the the NIL stuff you know it it only has so much power and impact um, you know Miami obviously has been talked about you know having a lot of NIL stuff going on they just lost their top quarterback prospect Jalen Rashada flipped to to Florida so and there and Miami's having a really bad season you you don't lose to duke don't get blown out by duke at home and, and lose to middle tennessee state at home and not have it <laughs> not and be able to call it a success in any way shape or form so yeah it, it looks like two of it looks like two of the big time NIL programs their on-the-field success is, is impacting recruiting heavily. And there are – you know, I'm not going to spread the rumors too much, but the rumors of N, NIL, of portal, portal outs of the big NIL a uh, and class are just rampant across the internet. So, so let me flip this question, you know, because
1: Sooner fans are, are concerned – that that OU isn't necessarily doing what they need to do on on their side to compete with this, you know. Uh, the, just my personal opinion, you know, r- it really doesn't matter. But I I just feel that there's maybe being a little bit too much importance put on that. But when we get down to the actual reality of it, do you feel or get the sentiment uh, from prospects that OU is? But putting forth an effective and, and well-rounded uh, pitch in terms of the NIL situation, and, and is there there's still a lot of ground or work to do uh, for the program?
2: I think they've been. I think they have been putting out a good NIL message when when old kids visit in terms of the various um, programs they have and <clears throat> and the professionalism of of those programs of those NIL programs once kids get on campus OU obviously is driving now with this new this new NIL collective that the OU administration has sort of put their stamp of, of approval on now that the NCA has changed some rules around that and you're seeing that fundraising effort for the it's it's the Crimson Cream collective right yep and yep. that 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 money it's it's hard to not make a correlation between a three million fundraising drive that a, that basically is going to end right before signing day and OU trying to put more of a, more of a bigger picture around NIL in these last couple of weeks in recruiting for a number of five star kind of players.
1: So I guess the big question is out of this weekend should we expect any commitments is, is this going to be one of those you know come sunday monday you know maybe tuesday are we you know seeing a bunch of announcements on twitter or is this going to be a little a little bit more of a, a quiet weekend and we'll see the surge you know later on down
2: the line uh but what do you make of how this might shake out well i think there's a i think there's a strong possibility the, the number one guy I would have on commit watch would probably be Ashton Sanders. Mm. He's taking his official visit. He doesn't have a lot of other programs he's looking at. And I, and I think he could really just click with, with Todd Bates and, and see our, our need at, at nose guard interior defensive tackle. Uh, Taylor Wine is an interesting, he's coming in unofficially. I think there's a good chance everything could just sort of click with that visit as well. He has family in the Oklahoma City area, so uh, I think that could also help as well. It's it's hard to tell with with David Hicks and, and Damian Sanford, Are they are they going to ride out this sort of fake A and M verbal right until signing day and then flip to avoid all the pressure uh, around their decision, mm. or are they or could we see in the next ten days? Um, then decide to go ahead and make a final announcement about where they're going to go, whether that's stay with A&M, choose Oregon, or potentially flip to Oklahoma. So I think you'll probably see in the next 10 days maybe one or two verbals out of this. Uh, but in terms of the, the guys that are visiting that are not committed to OU, you know, it, it, you could see upwards of, of five or six names by the time signing day rolls around. Kendall Dolby is another name. He's probably got a couple more visits he wants to take. But I, I think the three names that clearly are in play within the next two weeks are, are Kendall Dolby, Taylor Wine, and uh, Ashton Sanders. How are we feeling about DJ
1: Hicks? This has been a, uh, <laughs> a story ever since the uh, infamous Commitment Day. You know, I'm, I'm not necessarily asking for you to give a, a full-on prediction, but but sh- sh- should sooner fans feel cold, lukewarm? Uh, well, where should they be on on Hicks? I think they
2: should be. I think they should be very warm. Ooh,
1: okay, okay. I
2: I, I like that.
1: The the very to the point. Um. The last thing I want to touch on that um, Venables went into in his press conference, and I just wanted to see what you make of it. Uh, the, his his Jackson Arnold, without saying Jackson Arnold, discussion. But w- when you saw that, what do you think the the sentiment was that that Coach Venables was trying to get? Re- uh get across as they seek to close out this 23 class on a strong note and start building towards 24 you know he he talked about you know arnold sort of sort of seeing and knowing the vision again without using his name we know there are some rules there uh but but silly, what did you silly make rules of
2: that? yeah silly <laughs> agreed rules. at this point silly rules i think yeah, I, I think it was I think it was more of almost a message for the other recruits that are thinking about OU for 24 or 23 or 24, maybe even a message for 24 kids that look, we've got our we've got our elite guy. He's coming in. He's gonna be your quarterback. When we've had elite guys, we we've gone in the college football playoff. So kind of, you know, ignore what's going on this year. It's just a messy transition, but I, I got the guy to lead us out of this messy transition, So, and you, you've seen when we've had this guy, guys like this, that we're, we're a college football playoff team, so I, I just need the rest of you to rally around him so when we get to the college football playoff, we're, we're going to be winning games.
1: I love it. The, Chris, I, I think this, the Sooner faithful can, can feel pretty confident uh, about this weekend, it's going to be big. You know that there is some stuff, you know, brewing in, in terms of, you know, the things that might happen over the off season. Uh, we are definitely in touch and uh, well sourced w- when it comes to a lot of this information. Uh, but if folks want to take a deeper dive into the recruiting, maybe get the uh, the name of some names. You know, that, that might be here this weekend, maybe coming down uh, to Norman in the in the future before signing day, some unofficials, some officials. Where is it that
2: they can go find this information? They need to go to uh, www.sooners360.com, sign up for a subscription to our site and sign up to the VIP level have access to all of our VIP notes. We have a note out there that no other Sooner Internet website has currently. Uh, We are gonna continue to have those kind of notes throughout this lead up to signing day. We were the first site to indicate that DJ Hicks was coming in officially uh, for the Oklahoma State weekend. We're gonna continue to have those kind of uh, key pieces of information for recruiting. We're going to cover the portal process uh, as as much as any site will. We also have a great discussion board where you can talk recruiting, ask recruiting questions. I'm constantly on that board. You can post. You don't have to wait for a chat session. I'm constantly on that board answering questions and providing recruiting discussion. So if you're really interested in Sooner Football recruiting and want to go to a place where you get the best information and the best discussion on it, uh, Sooners360.com is, is your home. The Sooner fans want to thank you all for
1: listening. The, as we said, the inaugural recruiting podcast, the Sooners360 Pod. Make sure to go visit the site Sooners360.com. Leave us a nice little rating and review as well. And go follow Chris for the best recruiting updates on Twitter. It's CM underscore Sooners360. You, he's his follower count is growing. You want to be one of the early adopters. Now, I, I promise you, it is good, awesome, valid information. A lot of recruiting sites like to fluff stuff up. They like to pump sunshine. They're they're vague so they can walk it back. We don't deal in that. We want to deal with with what we know. We're going to give you the intel, whether good or bad, uh, regardless. And and we want to get that message across. Uh, Chris, fantastic discussion today. We're going to be releasing these each and every week. Um, and, and again, go visit Sooners360.com uh, for, for some more information. Uh, but Chris, anything you want to close us out with today?
2: Just that this weekend I thought would be good, and it is translating into being a huge weekend. There are 25 kids. I didn't even mention visiting from California that are potential five stars. So uh, it's a huge weekend. Hopefully the suitors can respond on the field to it. But overall, uh, in terms of a last official weekend, game weekend, OU is blowing it out.
1: Love it. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you soon.